Hi, I'm Jerry Kassar, the state chairman of the New York State Conservative Party, and I am pleased to announce that the Conservative Party, with today's inaugural production, will be producing a regular podcast with various personalities involved in politics, government, civics, the conservative movement, and emerging issues. Assemblyman Sam Perizzola is with us today. Uh, Assemblyman Perizzola from uh, Staten Island is a first-term Republican conservative assemblyman. It's important that you know that he won a seat. He took back a seat that had been held for over 40 years by various Democrats, um, some of whom uh, truly uh, were uh, part of the liberal majority in a way that was very unproductive for the conservative movement. So, Sam, we want to first congratulate you on such an important win on flipping a seat, which doesn't happen that often. Now, you should know that Sam is the former uh, chairperson, president, actually, of a community. Uh, they, we, in the city, they call them community education councils. They're essentially the school boards. And he was the uh, president for a number of years for District 31, which is a district that has about 500,000 people in it. So you get a sense of the size of the school districts here. It's all a Staten Island. Uh, Sam is uh, a professional by, by profession. He's an optician. He manages a long-term uh, family business with his wife, Priscilla. And uh, they are the parents of two uh, children. Old, I wouldn't call them children, really. I guess I'd say they're two adults. I've met them both and uh, at his inaugural. And they're, they're two very fine young individuals. Sam, welcome to the show. Uh, Good day, Chairman Kassar. How are you today? Thank you for having me on your inaugural show. It's a great honor. Well, you're very much, very welcome. I think it's an honor for us to start off with such a, a, a personality that is playing a, an important role in Albany. So let me get right to it, Sam. Go ahead. Um, how have you found your first five months in Albany? Have you found them to be good, bad, indifferent? It was a new experience for you. You weren't an elected official before. So I, I have to say that I'm really enjoying my time so far in the assembly. Um, the most difficult part was really in the beginning because, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a glamorous life because you are literally living out of a suitcase in a hotel. So finding a place where you're comfortable is quite important. And I finally have done that. Um, but what I really enjoy the most is because I am an assemblyman, which is an elected position, I'm able to use uh, whatever authority I have to go through doors or crash through walls that I couldn't do as an ordinary citizen uh, to work on different issues. Uh, and we can just talk about the, the opioid issue that we have uh, where the, the city is not giving Staten Island any share of the opioid money from the state, uh, talking about the migrant, in, uh, you know, the migrant issue. So I have a whole different perspective on being able to work on these issues and represent the people of my district of Staten Island. And I'm grateful for it. Well, good. Let me, uh, let me ask you about what I guess was the, uh, to this point, probably one of the biggest things that occurs every year in Albany. It was your first budget. It was a month late, which uh, is really not a good thing. That It's the governor and the majorities. Democrats control the majority in the assembly. And between them and the governor, they couldn't get it right. Uh, I noticed you did vote against uh, many parts of the budget. Um, let me ask you this. Let me start off. What did you find in the budget that you liked and what did you find in the budget that you did not like? Which 
And people should understand the budget vote is not a single vote. It's like eight, nine, ten different votes. So legislators do get to pick and choose a bit. Um, but Sam, I know you voted against many parts of it. But what did you like and what did you not like in this budget? So, you know, let's start off by saying, you know, um, there, like you said, there are many parts of the budget. Um, and what was really dismayed, I uh, was dismayed by was how the governor and the speaker themselves said, oh, well, we'd rather have the budget late and have it correct. Well, it was late and it was not correct. So what did I like? I certainly liked um, the fact that for the first time, school aid has been fully funded, uh, which means that all of New York City public schools have gotten their money um, that they require in order to try and educate our children. Uh, that's a whole different conversation. Um, by that fact or by the virtue of that fact, I think that the statement of how charter schools steal funding from other schools is no longer a valid argument. And it turns out that uh, because of all this fear of charter schools, that New York State is funding charter school rent to the tune of $100 million. So now the charter schools aren't taking money from public schools. We're wasting $100 million on rent when they could simply be co-located in public schools. Uh, I'm happy that we were able to keep the Verrazano Bridge toll. And the things I'm not happy about is when we get to that portion of the budget that's called the Big Ugly, so instead of being just budget issues, they have all sorts of policies. And these policies can go to uh, to trans policies, uh, marijuana policies, just all sorts of different things. Uh, and if you see in one of my one of my debates, and, and it's not that these issues shouldn't be worked on. It's just they don't belong in a budget. OK, these are uh, other types of issues. So that's really you know where I had where I had a lot of disagreements. Um, you know, in one of my debates, we were talking about the marijuana shops that are going to be allowed to open. It is very, very clear from the responses that I was receiving, even when I was speaking on other topics, that the, uh, the majority has no idea of the rules and laws that they are about to pass because they cannot even answer the questions or answer them correctly or accurately. So that would be what was disappointing is that the majority in most cases really, really does not know what they're doing. Uh, Sam, I noticed you mentioned the Verrazano, but you, you kept in place the Verrazano discount toll. I noticed that you said Verrazano toll, but I, kn I knew what you meant. Living on the Brooklyn side, I wish you'd get us the discount that you were able to get as a, an assemblyman from Staten Island. But well, I would certainly like to fight for you, for you there, Mr. Chairman. But unfortunately, I think the majority is not only going to hammer you with the Verrazano tolls, but now they're going to be putting tolls on all the East River bridges. So it's going to go from bad to worse. Yep. You're talking about congestion pricing, and that is definitely the case, bad to worse. We're still fighting. We haven't lost the battle yet. That's true. But we haven't been pushed back. So... I mean, you've made education, public safety, the economy a big part of your uh, first few months there. I know you're a strong defender of, of uh, the unborn. I know that you are a big supporter of traditional values. And I know you've introduced a number of pieces of legislation. Tell us about some of your bills, what you consider your more, most important bills, although I guess they're all important, but you are mostly focused on so our audience gets even a bigger sense of what you're about. Well, all right. So thank you for, for that opportunity. Um, so basically, some of the things that I'm really working on the most that seem to be the most important is that here on Staten Island, we have lithium battery storage facilities that are just popping up everywhere. 
And recently we had a storage facility that was being put in the parking lot of a church, which was adjacent to the parking lot of a Catholic high school, which was adjacent to the football field for that Catholic high school, which was adjacent to a charter school and then surrounded by four, three or four more public schools, you know, in the area. Uh, so we got together and uh, we were going to actually do a protest uh, on one morning. In the morning, that protest was set to, to launch. Uh, the people from the battery storage company had called and said they were going to withdraw their application for that particular site. So a lot, there's a lot of, uh, you know, things that people don't really realize here. So these batteries, lithium ion batteries do set fire. I mean, listen, we, you just saw there was a Ford truck that the, the battery set fire and the whole row went off. Uh, you know, we hear about stores and homes where lithium ion batteries uh, set fire and burn down. Uh, now, there may be different varying types, but accidents certainly happen. You know, we didn't intend for the space shuttle to blow up. We didn't intend for Elon Musk's uh, spaceship to blow up. So accidents happen. And the problem with lithium ion batteries is when they set fire, this is a chemical reaction fire. They create their own oxygen, which is why they cannot be put out. So what I'm trying to do is saying that while I think these lithium battery sites are a very excellent idea and will help, they certainly don't have to be put in anyone's backyard. They can be put in different parts of Staten Island. And in my district, that would be the West Shore, uh, which is out by Amazon, where there's, there's absolutely a lot of uh, land and things that they can use, where it could be housed more safely, that in the event of an emergency or, or a disaster, if you will, that these catch fire, that it's not as significant a public threat. They like to compare the safety of these to gas stations, but let me tell you that gas stations have automatic fire suppression systems, and those fires can be put out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's just that. So that's just one. If, you know, if you want some others, um, another thing I'm working on is called uh, ESG. Um, environmental social governance. Uh, and this is a very big problem for anyone whose pension is being backed by the state. So companies, if we want to use the term woke, um, are spending money. And if we look at the uh, Silicon Valley bank that just defaulted in, in uh, California, spent millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars on woke initiatives uh, instead of making money. So the state, I have a legislation that would bar the state controller from using an ESG score in determining where to invest state pension funds. A lot of these companies with a high ESG score, which they purchase anyway, are very low in profitability and many of them go out of business. So this legislation would say that uh, the controller can only invest in companies that are profitable. That's the main criteria is the profitability of the company and not its stance on social issues. So uh, Sam, let me ask you, let me just say this. The Biden, the Hochul and the Adams administration's handling of the migrant crisis is it's just been literally awful, literally awful. It seems that Adams and Hochul entire approach is to find any available inch of space in New York State and attempt to make those locations available for migrant relocation. It's as though the it's as though. Um, the right to shelter, which has been established in New York State since 1979, but applies to homeless, has now been um, applied with really very little, um, 
review to um, to all the legal aliens. I mean, they're undocumented. Literally hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people are claiming asylum. It's not realistic that under United States laws that everybody has an asylum issue that crosses over. It's just good lawyers or good, good uh, migrant advocates are telling people how they can circumvent American laws and cross the border. But it's a more local issue, right? It's a more local issue on Staten Island. It's a more local issue in Brooklyn. It's a more local issue in Orange County, Rockland County, really anywhere in the state. So what it is. Do? I mean, yeah. I don't know if you're aware of what's happening in my district in particular on Staten Island. We have uh, in Rosebank, the old Hungerford School, which was a District 75 school for uh, children with, with special needs, significant special needs. Uh, the school was closed and is slated to be knocked down. Um, but right now, I believe there are 300 single male migrants that were sent there. Uh, I found out on Friday and I went down to the school. And if you look in the news, you'll see a bunch of pictures that I've taken and things like that. Um, you know, I don't think there are good immigration attorneys uh, and lawyers like you were saying before, because this is not immigration. Uh, this is just bringing people into this country because you can. You're warehousing them uh, in this school. You know, you're in the middle of Rosebank and, and Rosebank is an excellent community. It's the heart of the North Shore. But they're not going to let these migrants roam free. There's nowhere for them to go. And if they go outside the building, Jerry, they're in the middle of Rosebank. They don't know that. They don't know to go left or right or take a bus. Right. Everything is in English. Nothing is in Spanish. So basically, it's human warehousing that the Biden administration is guilty of. And when you talk about, in my opinion, when you talk about the mayor and the governor, the only reason they, they're doing this that I can fathom is because there's a hope of federal dollars coming down the road after they've done this. So they're doing this for the money. It's a for-profit thing, in my opinion. Uh, you know, look at the laws that we have. So if the migrants are here, they can't go out onto the street. They can't get a job. They can't become citizens. There's nothing that we're doing to help these people acclimate into this country other than giving them nothing but a handout. And you know as well as I do, they're not here for a handout. They're here to work. They're here to do the best that they possibly can. So, you know, why the Biden administration is allowing this to happen and removing Title 42, I have no idea and, you know, why the governor and the mayor are falling into this trap, in, in my opinion, it's strictly because they want the money that, that we don't even have, you know, that, that may not even be coming. You know, they're, they're putting everything. Look at Jordan Neely. Right. Jordan Neely was an American citizen who was allowed to languish in the New York City subway system, the bowels of New York City. And he was allowed to be a danger to himself and to others. A Marine steps up because people are afraid for their life. And unfortunately, Mr. Neely loses his life. Who are they blaming? They're blaming the Marine when in reality, it's the society who has Mr. Neely's blood on their hands. It's not the Marine. Why did New York City let Mr. Neely languish in the subway system for 10 years? He was arrested over 40 times. New York City is the problem. The way we treat our homeless, mental illness, veterans, senior citizens. These are all the problems, not the Marine. And, and every time, every time New York City encounters one of these so heavily publicized problems, all they ever do is talk about how we need to put more money on top of it. We have an extensive, extremely well-funded mental health system in the city of New York, which apparently does not seem to 
be able to get up ahead of a growing problem here. And I don't think it's for lack of money or lack of interest. I think it's just for, I think it's frankly lack of management, uh, lack of, um, lack of support that needs to come out of laws. I don't know. I think you can probably throw a little bit of corruption sprinkled in there with that. I mean, look what happened during the de Blasio administration with his wife. Five hundred million dollars disappeared. That was supposed to be going into determining problems with mental illness and homelessness. Gone. Um, One of the things I've been trying to call for in Albany is transparency, uh, but not only transparency. Let's review the programs that we have and see if they're successful. Because the problem, Jerry, as you probably well may know, is that if we have a homelessness shelter or we try to take care of people who are homeless, we're not teaching them not to be homeless. We're feeding into the fact that they're homeless. We're giving them the resources they need to remain homeless for the rest of their lives because that company organization is being funded by the city or the federal government. So they really don't want to cure homelessness. They just want to continue to get paid while saying that they're helping. This is really, in my opinion, what part of the problem is. So be aware that in the city, the, the, the county organizations of the conservative party have, make, have been making a strong argument that, you know, that self-defense is not a crime. I presume what you're basically saying to me among the many points you've made concerning the uh, Penny uh, issue is that you don't believe that Daniel Penny should have been charged. Am I correct? So I don't really know the circumstances. I'm leaning that way. Absolutely. Just today, uh, before I signed on with you, I heard on the radio that another gentleman or witness has been identified. More witnesses are speaking where uh, Mr. Um, Neely was talking about killing people and bullets. And these people were afraid for their life. So as more information is coming out, I just see more and more that, no, he probably should not have been charged. Uh, You know, investigations can go on. But you know, look at what Alvin Bragg does. I mean, you know, he arrested the bodega worker who saved himself because he had to fight off an attacker and that attacker had died. So we obviously have a very poor justice system here when it comes to actual justice. Um, You know, this is, it seems that it's justice by public opinion, not by facts. Well, in this particular- Right now we're seeing that the facts are kind of going in Mr. Penny's direction. In this particular case, Bragg- uh, superseded the grand jury by having the charges first and now it's going to go to a grand jury but he waited two weeks it would seem to me that his own lack of confidence in these charges should have resulted in this going to a grand jury first which quite likely quite possibly would never have indicted the guy in penny in the first place so i mean bragg does seem to predispose uh his view on the system uh which really strangles, um, uh, you know, integrity right out of uh, how he does his job. Wow. So, yeah, I don't think the word brag and integrity belong in the same sentence. So well, I, I think I agree. I, think doesn't I, agree. Have any. I agree with you. Well, I appreciate um, I appreciate you coming on, Sam. Do you have any final words for us? Uh, well, um, if I can just direct this uh, really to all of New York City, but especially to the people of the 63rd District. Um, I certainly appreciate the fact that I am now your assemblyman. Uh, You'll see from some of the uh, work that I'm doing in the district that I'm certainly out there. Uh, I'm trying to be on top of the issues, if not ahead of the issues. Uh, And and I greatly respect this honor that you've given me by allowing me to be your assemblyman. 
Uh, I do have a new office here. It's on uh, 2090 Victory Boulevard. It's a home. If you'd like to come in and sit down and have a cup of coffee at any time, we'd certainly, I'd be very happy to talk to you. Um, but but thank you for the honor and uh, the respect that you've given me by allowing me to represent you. Uh, I have said this before and I will say it again. I do think about Staten Island every day and every hour that I am up in Albany. Uh, and I do realize um you know, the responsibility that you've given me, and I take it very seriously. So thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I am speaking for the whole State Conservative Party when I say we are very excited to have you in Albany. Now, anyone who wants to uh, learn more about the Conservative Party can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and our website is uh, cpnys.org. So cpnys.org, you'll be able to find... Um, all our future YouTube uh, broadcasts, as well as obviously this one at cpnys.org. Thank you.